Welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. What you don't know, listeners, is that this is the third time that today's guest and I have hopped on our podcast feed. Her message is so important. We are going to persevere through our technology challenges and bring to life this important message because today's guest knows that her intuition is her greatest gift. So that's what we're exploring today. 2013 was a pivotal year in her life when multiple life events collided, professional and personal. And the greatest leadership lesson through it all, trusting herself, trusting her intuition. She realizes now that her expensive MBA didn't teach her the skills that really matter. Kylie Carr is the founder and CEO of the Asbury Group and the host of the podcast Beyond the Business Suit. But what you really didn't need to know about Kylie is how she's uber intentional today about listening to her inner voice and paying attention to all the things that she's consuming. So listen in as we talk about going inward to explore and preparing our bodies to receive intuitive hits that are always there. Kylie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. My journey has been a non-linear one. As many people, I'm sure many of your listeners have experienced themselves. My career journey started with a career in many corporate environments where I spent over 15 years, almost 20 years working in various industries and disciplines, including management consulting, human resources, marketing, and even worked in manufacturing early in my career in human resources in a small town. And during the course of my career, I had pivot points, you know, where things didn't feel right. And so I shifted. I shifted from the small town in in South Carolina to go to a bigger firm in Atlanta in management consulting because my soul was yearning for it. In management consulting, I felt repressed. So I remember when I was 25 years old, I had written, I think, 75 songs and taught myself how to oil paint. I had all this repressed creative energy and decided that I wanted to change careers into something that was at least a little bit more creative. So I decided to get my MBA. I even deferred for a year when I got my MBA because it didn't feel right. And lo and behold, during that year, I ended up when I had two properties that I owned and one of them I had to sell and then the other one I had some issues with. So I needed that time. My mom also was going through some mental health challenges and I needed to be there for her. So that worked out. And when I finally went to get my MBA, who did I meet? My husband. And had I started the year before, who knows what would have happened. So Fast forward to 2013 that you mentioned, the pivotal year for me, I was leading a marketing department and uh, my mom was battling stage four cancer. I was also planning my wedding. My husband and I were, I had gotten engaged in 2012. We were 
planning to get married in June of 2013. So my company wanted to move me out of state. And I didn't want to move because my mom was battling stage four cancer. So I decided to leave. And so I got married in June of that year. And on August 2nd of that year, it was my last day at that company. And that was a Friday. On Monday, August 5th, my mom passed away. And on Wednesday, August 7th, my husband left his job. He was planning on leaving his job. And needless to say, everything in my life changed in what seemed to be an instant. And that really, although the absolute hardest time in my life, hands down, it also ended up being a catalyst for me to explore what is it that I am here to do. So this next phase, that next phase of, of my life was really getting into my life's work. And what I realized was that there were so many things that would help and hinder people from advancing in their careers that were not talked about in performance reviews, in the classroom. And over the past 10 years now, I've developed the Asbury Group as a practice that we really look to serve leaders to help them become their best selves, to really take a uh, whole person, human-centric approach to developing them from the inside out. And I know that was a long answer to your question, but that's some of the context that got me to where I am today. I mean, I think experience is the best teacher. And when you look back, I mean, I can see the threads that connected all of that to the really challenging times, to the expertise and the knowledge and all of those roles that you played. I mean, it feels like it has all led you to this moment and this work that you're doing today that clearly you're so passionate about because it's so just part of who you are. And when I asked you about the pivotal year, 2013, all of the things that you mentioned, the highs and the lows, because you had dramatic highs and dramatic lows and loss in that year. You say it was a catalyst. And when I asked you, like, what was your biggest lesson? You said that you learned to trust your intuition through that. How did trusting your intuition come out of that really pivotal year? After my mom's passing, you know, there was a point in time when it was clear to me that, oh, I need to find a new job and <laughs> do that. <laughs> After having such a, a great career, it would have made logical sense for me to start interviewing again and continue to climb that corporate ladder. But everything inside of me said no. I mean, to the fibers of my being, I felt this visceral reaction to doing what was logical. And so I really had to sit with that and go inward to explore, okay, why am I feeling this way and what is really calling me toward it? And so I think that was one moment in time when I noticed in my body how I was feeling so much that I knew that I couldn't go against it. I knew I could not go against it. And that was probably one of the most powerful time in my life where it felt most significant or powerful within my body 
that I knew, okay, I can't go against this because I don't know what would happen, but I know that this does not feel right. Yeah, you said I felt a visceral reaction to what felt logical. And, you know, is, isn't that what we do, right? Our, our minds are constantly informing us, but your body knew differently. You felt it differently. And I suspect that because of the strength of that, you listened to it. But I suspect that it takes patience also, doesn't it, to see how are things going to play out. I know just listening to you, Kylie, I think about times in my life when I've had that knowing, but it's like, I want short-term gratification. I want to know right now. I want to know I'm doing the right thing. I want to look for affirmation all around me. How do you trust yourself when you don't see results right away, when you don't know that what you're doing is the right thing? That's a great question. And I would say that really for me, I've had so much evidence to show me the power of saying yes when I feel it or acknowledging and acting upon what my intuition is telling me that now I trust it. It's practice, right? The more that I heed to it, the more that I trust it, the more trusting I will be of it. So now, I mean, I don't question it. Now I've had enough evidence. I've had enough enough things happen where I'm like, okay, I know that this is real and this is my inner compass telling me or trying to keep me on path. So I just trust it now. Yeah, you've just come to that place. I mean, I'm trying to think of an analogy. Like, is there something else in your life that you have to learn to trust in that way. I feel like it's anything, right? There's practice is required for just about anything. I'm thinking about my daughter who is seven years old. She plays the piano and she's good at it. And she has to practice. And sometimes she didn't want to practice and she would get frustrated when, you know, she would make mistakes. But now she's seen the evidence of it. She had her holiday concert in December and her teacher gave her a very challenging piece and she mastered it. When it was time to perform and show up, she met that moment because she had practiced and she saw the evidence of what happens when she did that. It is a great analogy because it's it's her discipline. It's her sticking with it. It's her pressing in, doing harder and harder pieces that allowed her to take on that big challenge. Yeah, I think that's good. And I know that when we've talked in the past, you've talked about how we're always getting intuitive hits. So we have to practice and prepare ourselves to receive those so that we can notice them. I mean, if we're in our heads, we're going to choose logic over what our body or our heart is telling us. So what are some of the things you do, Kylie, to keep yourself in that readiness mode? One thing is a daily practice that I have, which is it's a morning practice. I do it before I get out of bed every morning, and it really helps me set myself up for the day. And I call it CLAIM. It's a five-step acronym. I do this before I get out of bed. And the C is for centering. 
And so when I wake up in the morning, you know, I'm coming back into my body, I'm breathing, I'm listening to my breath go in and out and really centering myself and calming my body. The L is for lifting my energy. So I'll think about a time when I am really happy or excited or tap into that feeling of joy. I'll think about my wedding day or my daughter giggling and feel that in my body because that feeling, that emotion is such a catalyst to manifestation, to things happening, to even healing in our body. The A is for affirmation and appreciation. So I will think about some things that I'm grateful for and really feel that sense of gratitude. And then I'll also affirm some of my gifts and not the post-it notes that say, I am great, I'm wonderful, which if that works for you, that's fine, wonderful. But this is really affirming what gifts I have, affirming who I am and the purpose that I'm here for. And then I is setting my intention for the day. I'll think about the end of the day. How do I want to feel? What appointments or meetings or experiences do I have that day? And what is the ideal outcome for each of those things? So I thought about our call today and that it was running smoothly and how we would feel at the end of it. (laughs) And so far, so good. And then the M is go make it happen. Go make it happen. Get up and go. So that I found is so centering for me. It really helps me to be more responsive instead of reactive. It incorporates mindfulness practices. And the other thing that I would say is sitting in stillness. You know, when I need answers, when I am stressing out about something, but I need to really engage with my intuition. I will be still. I will go into meditation. And I find that first thing when I first wake up, even before I do the clay morning practice, if I'm struggling with something and I need to really get some insight, then when I wake up in the morning, I ask my inner voice that question. And there's something about that moment. From what I understand, it's your brain is in alpha waves and they're in alpha you're able to access your intuition even more. And I find that that's a great tool for me, especially when I'm struggling with something. Yeah, you're leveraging those very first few moments, that transition time. Yeah, I so appreciate that. And I appreciate the thoughtfulness around it too. You're taking the time to get yourself ready, to prepare yourself. It's like batting practice, isn't it? So that when you're in the game, (laughs) you've done the work to prepare. It's just like your daughter playing piano getting yourself ready. You are also someone then throughout your day, you pay attention to what you consume, what you take in, the things you listen to, the things you watch, the people that you interact with. Even food, you know, everything we take in, whether it's energy from others, like we take in energy, we absorb energy, even through our skin and our energy fields, right? So if we are around, especially in a, the work that I do where I'm engaging with so many people and holding space for them. I need to make sure that I am mindful of how I'm replenishing my energy throughout the day so that I can not absorb 
too much because, you know, I'm I'm an, an empath. And when I when people are feeling sad, I absorb that. So I am really mindful about how I cleanse my energy, too, so that I'm not holding on to all of that. Well, because it gets in your way, then, doesn't it, of receiving the intuitive hits that you were talking about earlier. So it's self-protection. It's self-love, isn't it? It's setting yourself up for success is what I hear in all of that. And it's also designing the life that you want. You are not someone who's reacting to things. You are very intentional about shaping your experiences and putting yourself in a position where you can be the best version of you, for sure. At least I try. I'm also human, so I don't get it right 100% of the time. (laughs) Well, of course, but the goal is the habit, isn't it? The goal is the practice and then giving ourselves grace. What are those things that trip you up, you know, as you're paying attention to the things that are getting in your way or block your intuitive hit? Are there specific things that you notice? You know, a couple of things that come to mind are when I am in a mode where I am doing too much and not prioritizing my practices, that's one. So if it's a high intensity time period and maybe I'm not exercising as much, maybe I am not eating as well Maybe if I skip a day with my morning practice, then I notice that. Also, I notice that sometimes because of moments of parenting and, you know, being in partnership (laughs) with my spouse, then sometimes those reactions will come out. And I'm not always as centered and mindful about my responses. Even coming into 2024, I am doing my best to be as present as possible because I find that the more that we can be present, the more we are putting ourselves in a place of choice of how we respond to certain things and are less likely to get caught up in default behavior or reactive behavior. Yeah, and the thing that I so appreciate about that is that is 100% within our control. Always how present we are with the people around us. Yeah, and what a gift that is to ourselves and to others. Yeah, it's such an interesting time. You know, here we are at the beginning of a new year, and so there's a lot of intentionality around creating this year and visioning and goal setting. What is your process for planning and thinking about the new year? Every year may be a little bit different, but I'll share with you some of what I did to prepare for this year. So I lead a community of women called the Beyonding Community, and it's a group of high-achieving, purpose-driven women. And we're all on this journey of evolving and expanding and becoming our best selves. And at the end of 2023, we had a vision board session. And a part of that was envisioning who we wanted to be coming into the year. So one of the practices that I had coming into this year was really envisioning myself at the end of 2024 
And what are some of the things that I wanted to experience? And more importantly, how did I want to feel? Like, what is the energetic and, you know, embodiment of the the being I wanted to experience in this year? And I created a board. So I have a board upstairs in my office that has, you know, some of the imagery that is aligned with that. I also reflected on 2023 to celebrate some of what I experienced. What accomplishments did I have? What was I really proud of? And what do I need to give myself grace for? Because there were certain things that I thought, you know, that may have been that were actually on my goals list for 2023 that didn't happen. And so how can I extend grace for myself? Because perhaps it wasn't the time, even though I thought it was the time, maybe it was not. And then coming into 2024, a couple of the things that I've been doing in addition to the vision board is really declaring who that person is and stepping into that. So oftentimes we get into the preparation and the preparation is really important. What are the goals? What are some of the SMART goals that I can put into place so that those things can happen? But really also making that clear decision that this is who I am going to be, not only what I'm going to do, but who I'm going to be during this process and taking intentional actions that are aligned with that. So for me coming into this year, I know this is an elevation year. This is a year in which I am really developing my team to help them and stand in agreement with them on the callings that they have on their lives and helping to give them opportunities for that. But also there have been some callings that I've had that I have not been obedient to, that I've not said yes to. And no longer am I going to suppress that. No longer am I going to say no to that. And really 2024 for me is about going beyond limits. Going beyond limits. Yeah, and it's so consistent. I mean, your process is so consistent with how you live your life. So it's you. I think visioning and creating a vision board every year is something that I do. And I I saw something on social media yesterday where someone was really giving us vision porters a hard time. And I was thinking like, you know, it's not so much the like the physical manifestation of it. It's the process. It's the energy behind it, isn't it? And it feels so good to me. I love that creative mode. So it's not even about a vision board. It's about creating. It's about getting myself in that creative space. And so whatever that is for you, you know, what you've described is so aligned with your strengths and your gifts and what lifts you up. I'm grateful that you shared that and that you have that process. That must feel really good. It does. And I 100% agree with you. It's not about the vision board. It can be a list, you know, even going through the process of envisioning for yourself. I'll tell you a quick story. In 2020, I led a session with a group of people and we had someone come in to that led us through a visualization. And in the visualization, she had us go to a place of peace for us, some place that brought us peace and joy and envision ourselves there. And I saw this vision of myself, a yellow bikini on a beach in Puerto Rico. At the time, I maybe had 
worn a bikini as an adult once. And I thought that is really strange. Like it wasn't even in my conscious that that was something I desired, but that's who I saw. And it was almost jarring to me. So that was in (laughs) July of 2020. In January of 2021, I felt in my body that, you know what, I feel like I needed to go through a health transformation. I felt like I wasn't feeling good about myself. I didn't feel well and didn't have any issues, ailments, but I just felt like I need to focus on that. So I found this health transformation program, ended up losing 25 pounds, didn't even know I had that much to lose, but I did, completely transformed my body, my ways of being, my relationship with food and nutrition. And in November of 2022, I went on a a trip with some friends to Jamaica. It wasn't Puerto Rico, but I had a yellow bikini. And it wasn't until I was standing there on the beach, I was like, oh my gosh, this is me, (laughs) the yellow bikini. (laughs) Well, it's one of those intuitive hits that you were ready for. Well, Kylie, I'm so grateful for your story, for your journey, for the work that you're doing, for the gift that you are sharing with the world. I'm so grateful for your claim process. I hadn't heard that before. And so what a great way to spend the first few minutes of waking up, centering, lifting your energy, affirming, appreciating, being intentional, and then making it happen. Oh, that's so good. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. If our listeners want to connect with you, Kylie, what's the best way to do that? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here and for allowing me to share my story with your audience and all the people in your circle. And people can connect with me on social media at Kylie Carr. I have a lot of vowels in my name, so I'll spell it K-A-I-L-E-I-C-A-R-R. And my business website is groupasbury.com and that Asbury is A-S-B-U-R-Y. And my podcast is Beyond the Business Suit. Thank you, Kylie. So grateful for you. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story. 